And we are live. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Wellness Wednesday Inspiration. My name is Fernanda. I am here with my amazing co-host, Dr. Linda. We have such a powerful episode today. It's something that I actually have been looking more and more into lately. Today, we're going to be talking about how to use hypnotherapy to overcome negative beliefs. And Dr. Linda is going to give you a little bit of information about the guests we have for today. But if you're listening today, I do want you to take a minute and appreciate the fact that you are listening to something that is going to help you get better, overcome yourself, overcome your limiting beliefs, perhaps get to a healthier state mentally, physically, spiritually. So really take a minute to appreciate the fact that you are doing something and investing your time in something that is for the better you. And Dr. Linda, how are you doing today? Great. Happy Wednesday, our favorite day of the week, right? <laughs> yes, I'm doing amazing. I'm just looking out my window and I could see the lake and just it's beautiful out, you know. So uh, grateful for so many things. And of course, as you're mentioning um, with uh, our guest about um, you know, what we're going to chat about, you know, it just there's so many modalities out there that people are unaware of and I was talking to another doctor earlier today about you know even like ozone therapy I don't know if you're familiar with that but um, you know there's just a lot of different modalities and I think with you know what what we bring to the show it's kind of like having a um, a toolkit and or we say a, a tool belt and the more you load it with different tools, the more things you're able to do. So in life, a lot of times we're limited by how far we go because of the limitation of the tools that we have. So this is definitely a great tool that people can access. And May's going to be the perfect person because she's going to share what it is. But a little bit about May. Uh, May DV, she's a certified hypnotherapist and aromatherapist and integrative coach. So what she does is she helps her clients step out of that, that loop that so many of us can relate to. Uh, I don't know if I can do do that but what if this happens but what if that happens what we call those are limiting belief story loops that you keep playing over and over and you try to fix but you're trying but you just don't know how so that's where she comes in because she wants people to you know start telling a different story but a lot of people don't know how to tell a different story in order to reach the goals that they want in life so that they can be the best version of themselves. Because that's what our whole podcast is about, right? It's about helping people become the best version of, them, of themselves. So how she does that is with hypnotherapy. She also um, uses some aromatherapy. So that's going to be interesting when you combine both of that because it allows you to to tap into that subconscious part of the brain. So we'll let her get into that. But I know we're going to geek out because you and I have been studying the mind and, you know, the conscious, the unconscious. And on a daily basis, I mean, we tap into that every single day purposely. But there's a lot of people that unpurposely, you know, they're doing so much in their life and they could be doing things better if they only knew how. So let's bring May on and, um, let her share a little bit about what hypnotherapy is and how um, how it can really impact people's life in a positive way. Of course, and welcome, May. How are you doing Thank today? you. I'm um, doing so well, but even better now to be with you, ladies. Oh, you're excited. We're super excited to have you. Yes, absolutely. So, May, 
a little bit about you. How did you get into hypnotherapy and aromatherapy? Kind of what led you to where you are today? Yeah, thank you for that question and the opportunity to be here and to share. I appreciate you so much. And Dr. Lind, you give a great intro. I love that you already talked about the story loops because we'll get into that. Um, I think that that choice of language is so important. Um, but basically for me, uh, you know, I did grow up in a home that was a little bit more open to um, using plants and flowers inside of the home. For example, if I burnt myself on the oven, pulling something out of the oven, my mom would say, you know, go take a leaf off of the aloe plant and put it on your burn. And I know that that's not maybe typical for most families, um, but for for us, it, it planted that seed, no pun intended, talking about plants, but it did, it planted that seed in my mind that, you know, there's an interaction that we can have with mother nature in this way. So Q years down the line, we had kind of forgotten about that and we got busy. And, you know, when you get busy, then you cheat the good meals, right? And you go for the easy, quick ones and grab something from the freezer and we kind of forgot that connection. And it wasn't until my sister got pregnant that she had a big awakening. I was, I'm not a mom, but I would imagine many parents do when they're having a child that, you are the gatekeeper of your home, of your family. And she had this realization that, you know, nothing had ever touched her baby's skin before. And it was her choices that was, that was gonna determine what that was. So my sister got really big into essential oils and I was not super interested at the time, to be honest. I said, you know what, I'm gonna support her though. And I'll give it a shot and just kind of play around and have fun. And I ended up really enjoying them. At that point in my life, I was in a very stressful role at a corporate, um, at a, in a corporate role, and it ended up helping me so, so much. So basically, I started to integrate the essential oils more and more, and that opened up windows and doors. Then I did a yoga teacher training. Then I did a Reiki attunement. Then I started to do all of these modalities in the tool belt, like you're talking about, Dr. Linda. And that eventually brought me to hypnotherapy. And I originally tried it myself um, because I was experiencing a block that didn't make sense to me. Um, and I'm happy to get into that story, but I don't want to talk for too, too long. But that's basically what brought me into all of these things. It was just opening up windows and doors and following all of these breadcrumbs to then try hypnosis as, as a client for the first time. That's awesome. And a lot of it's just we we um, experience all these tools and then we actually were changed by them that it's something that we say, hey, this is I've got to do this because I want to help other people. And I was you know, I was following you on Instagram. And I mean, just recently, I think you had a Cambo experience as well. Yes. Yes, that's and right. So, you know, that's another form of, um, we call it plant medicines, but it really, we had a guest that talked about, um, you know, the frog poison and wow, that's such a liberating experience when you have that. But, you know, with the different modalities and, you know, with hypnotherapy, um, you know, explain to, to people that may not know what hypnotherapy mm. is. Sometimes there might be a um, kind of a negative connotation with that as totally. well. <laughs> so yes yeah absolutely and and I totally get that you know if we look at movies and TV shows that depict hypnosis typically it's kind of a 
I don't know like a really nice way to say this, but it's typically kind of a creepy old white man. <laughs> like, let's just be real. And you know, he's got some kind of something and he's saying you're being very sleepy. And the the impression that is given is that this creepy old white man, which they don't always have a very good reputation, some of these stories of creepy old white men, that he's gonna be the one that takes over control and that you are then under control of this creepy old white man. And as a woman, there probably isn't anything that's more terrifying than that very thought. Um, and it couldn't be any farther from the truth because what hypnosis, so what hypnotherapy is, is hypnosis in a therapeutic context, simply stated. But what I like to define it as is meditation with a goal. So you may find it to be very similar to a guided meditation, um, or if you've ever practiced a yoga nidra, there's kind of this progressive relaxation of relaxing the top of the head and then the eyes and the shoulders and the rest of the body. There is that concept of this progressive relaxation. At least in my practice, there is. That's the technique that I follow. And the, the, the reason that why hypnotherapy works is because it is a process of first relaxing the physical body. And then once the physical body is relaxed and relaxed equals safe, so when the physical body feels safe, then we're able to relax the mental body, if you want to refer to them as bodies. And what happens when the mental body is relaxed, that's relaxing the conscious mind. And the clinical terminology for all of that is that you're bypassing the critical factor of the mind, which sounds very, uh, you know, clinical and a little bit hard to decipher. But basically what's happening is the conscious mind, which we're all very familiar with, that's the one that's keeping us alive and protecting us. You know, did you shut off the gas oven before you left the house? When's the last time you got an oil change in the car? Or, you know, did you remember to pick the kids up from daycare? Whatever it is, like, that conscious mind is keeping us alive. And one of the things that it's protecting is the subconscious mind or the unconscious mind or the inner mind that like lives within. So this is the subconscious mind and the conscious mind is the, the protector. And it sometimes doesn't always make sense consciously, but basically, you know how phones now will scan a QR code and it pulls up a website our conscious mind kind of works in that same way, where you introduce a new belief, like um, I love broccoli and I happily eat broccoli at all my meals, whereas you don't eat broccoli. This is a new belief. <laughs> so the, QR, the, the conscious mind will scan this QR code of a belief, this I love broccoli and I'll eat it at every meal. And it says, mm, that belief doesn't match what's already inside the subconscious. So I'm gonna deny it access. It's like a bouncer at a club. It's like, no, we're not gonna allow this belief into the rest of our beliefs. It doesn't match. And I need to protect what is already inside our house. And so it denies this belief, which is why it can be so frustrating at New Year's, for example, when we take on all these you know, New Year's resolutions and for two weeks we go to the gym or we eat the broccoli or whatever it is, and then they fall off the plate and you're like, but these are good things and I know they're good, why can't I do them? And then we start to get frustrated and we start to create these story loops that there's something wrong with us and that it's us, but really, it's the conscious mind protecting us, even though that might not make conscious sense. It's the conscious mind saying that doesn't match 
what is already safely inside here, so we're going to deny it. So the reason why hypnosis works is we're able to relax that conscious mind and say, you're safe. Go ahead and take a lunch break for just a minute. And we're going to have a conversation directly with the subconscious mind. And in that place, we're able to plant the seeds of transformation, you know, plant the seeds of, you know, I love eating broccoli at all my meals, whatever your affirmation is, it's a silly affirmation, but you know, whatever it is and plant those seeds directly there without having to battle with the conscious mind and just place them directly into the subconscious mind. So it might look like sleep because the eyes are closed and it might feel like meditation, but it's not sleep and it's not meditation either. It is a, a brainwave state that is, um, you can prove it you know, scientifically by when the brainwaves are entering theta. So that's, that's a couple of different ways to define hypnotherapy. Hopefully that's helpful for all of my different uh, styles of learning. Learners. No, that was awesome. That's probably one of the best explanations with the QR code and everything. <laughs> yeah. So much sense. And I, I'm sure a lot of people, and if you have any questions, please let us know in the chat. Mm. I'm sure May will be super excited and happy to answer any questions that come up. But yeah, that, that explanation to me made so much sense. And I have a, an understanding, of course, of the conscious and the subconscious and everything, but just picturing it like the bouncer at the club and everything yeah. else really helps, right? Cool. I'm glad that helped. Because it does confuse a lot of people like when they think conscious, unconscious, subconscious, it's like it's all woo-woo or, or limiting beliefs. And well, what's a belief? A belief is very simple. It's just a thought you keep thinking. That's all a belief is. And mm -hmm. You have the subconscious beliefs and you have the conscious beliefs. So they're just thoughts that you keep thinking, but they're just done at different levels. And one level, it just does it automatically because it's been programmed, dropped in there for years and years and years. And you just automatically... Mm -hmm do that compared to things that like, okay, I got to go do this. I have to do this. And more of an awareness, I guess, would be another word that we can use. Oh yeah. Awareness. That's a great, great word. Thank mm -hmm. you for bringing that up. And one way that we also like to define hypnotherapy is, is focused awareness, you know, that. and, and that is a very simple way of looking at it, but that's totally it. And, you know, if I could share a really quick story, which I think might also help to round it out, I went to uh, a networking event just last night and, you know, it can be uncomfortable. There's mingling and you definitely have to go outside your comfort zone. And I met this woman and it was her first time attending this networking event. And she said to me, you know, I'm, um, I'm not very good at mingling. And I looked at her and I said, is that true? You know, that's an example of a belief. It sounds like it's truth, right? She believes that to be true. But is it true? Because I was having a wonderful conversation with her. And that was my first time meeting her. She's mingling with me. So I said, uh, if I can just offer up a suggestion, I would say up until now, you're not good at mingling but I don't believe that to be true. So it's an interesting moment to you know, get that awareness to your point, Dr. Linda, and then start to think, is what I said actually truth? Or is mm -hmm. this a story in my head? I love and that. that is, and that is very powerful because we all have created stories. And a lot of times these stories are created from even before we remember, right? When we were three to one-year-olds, and experiencing different situations and our brain is processing everything even if we don't remember when we're in our 
twenties, thirties, forties. Yeah. But that belief still still exists in our minds. And based on that belief, we're still making adult decisions that it's like, well, I I fear something, right? Or I'm not good at sports, or you know, I, I'm not good at meeting people, et cetera, et cetera. And it may be a belief that you borrowed from somebody else and you adopted it. So it doesn't mean that just because you think something to be true, it's actually true. And also that you cannot change the story once you rec- once you have that awareness that you have that specific belief about you. Yes, yeah. such so, a good point. One and question I have for you is when you have a belief, for example, that person that you mentioned last night, she has a belief that she wasn't good at meeting people, mm-hmm. right? How long does it take or how, what is the process of someone like her changing that belief through hypnotherapy? Yeah, great question. And one that comes up quite often, um, and I know oftentimes the question is, well, how many sessions do I need to get over X, Y, Z? And, you know, fortunately and unfortunately, there's, there's not an answer for that. You know, it's not like Botox where you need 30 cc's of whatever to get rid of whatever line. I clearly have no idea what I'm talking about. But, you know, there isn't a, there isn't a defined answer for that. So it, you absolutely can and do get results in just one session. Um, but you also can get results in many sessions and you know sometimes it depends there are some to your point some um limiting beliefs or habits that are very very deeply ingrained and those are the ones that perhaps take a little bit more time so we tend to focus more or longer on those who maybe um you know are are have experienced nail biting for example or maybe for a weight loss. But I also say that with hesitation because I don't want to plant the suggestion that they cannot get results in just one session. So I hesitate in sharing that, but um, because our words have so much power to them, but um, typically, you know, historically, there, there, there typically are more sessions for those who have very deeply ingrained habits and beliefs. But I will say that I have had wonderful results in just one session. In fact, it was one session that completely shifted everything for me. And that was the whole reason why I decided to become hypnotherapist. I hope that's helpful. That's awesome. As as you were saying that, and I'm so glad you addressed that because when you asked that, Fernando, I'm like, well, heck, I would just go in with the intention. Hey, I'm going to nail this in one session instead of well, you know, I've been having this going on for so many years and we planted in our head and it's going to take so many years to, um, you know, to undo that. And Mm -hmm. there's a story that Dr. Joe tells about in one of his videos about a guy that comes in, you know, he puts up the x-rays, they find a marking on the lungs and, you know, there's, um, he tells him, well, it doesn't look good. It looks like there it might be cancer. And so well, what do I what do I need to do? He goes, well, I think you need to stop smoking. And in that instant, he decided, okay, I'm gonna stop smoking. I'm not gonna go get hypnosis. I'm not gonna go get a patch. I'm not gonna go get the gum. He just decided in that point that that, that was just a decision. So I love how you say that. And also with you're talking about the about the stories. Mm-hmm. Our stories become so elaborate. <laughs> Every time we tell it, we embellish. 
Yes. And it now has sound effects in <laughs> we tell stories that don't serve us. So sometimes we get addicted to telling those stories and that the emotions that they bring out, like, oh, and I was so scared and you know, and so I just think it's I think it's awesome how you um you know, can really make a quick change with people that use, you know, they come and see you. Who, who's your typical client? Because there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of people that use it for smoking. Um, you have a lot of athletes, definitely, you know, high performers yeah. as well. So like, you know, who are some of the, the clients and, you know, what's their reason? Why do they want to do it? Yeah, that's a great question. I have had clients I have worked on a variety of things, which is neat and exciting and keeps me on my toes for sure. Um, but I've worked with clients to get over fear of flying, a fear of needles. Um, someone had broken up with an ex and wanted to like really just kind of emotionally get over that. Um, I worked with an artist who wanted to get over procrastination and find artistic creativity and inspiration in the work that they do. So it it kind of varies, but you know it is interesting in that these are these are you know leaves and and branches of trunk and root issues, which typically are all stemming from a core wound you know and and if it really boils down it boils down to things like not feeling safe not feeling worthy um afraid to afraid to be alone afraid to die alone things like that are really the core wounds so they 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 grow and they merge and they branch out into various looking manifestations but really we're talking about some pretty um standard core wounds, if that makes sense. But I, I really am enjoying the conversations that I'm having with women about imposter syndrome and finding their true authentic voice and a connection with their true core selves. And through that connection, stepping out of the imposter syndrome, because once you find that connection with your voice, you would the the desire to sound like someone else is no longer so that's something that's personally been very interesting for me in my work that's that's awesome May. and we have a couple of questions from the audience oh cool uh two the first one is how long does a session last yeah that's a great question i would say it can depend, but on average, my sessions are about 45 to 60 minutes each. Um, when I have a new client, we tend to have like around a 90 minute session so we can really get clear about what they want, um, about what the future state looks like is important to them and make sure that that is the focus of our sessions. Um, and there's different styles of hypnosis and hypnotherapy. So it may depend depending on who you're going to, but that's for me on average, the timing. Awesome, awesome. And then the second question comes from actually, you are his favorite hypnotherapist. Oh my goodness. Name Max Billington. Wow, thank you, Max. <laughs> yes. so Max is connected and he said, make sure to ask about aromatherapy along with hypnotherapy. So what can you tell us about using the two modalities together? Oh, thank you, Max. He comes in with the hot questions. <laughs> Classic. Um, yeah, by the way, Max also has a great podcast called The Wolf and the Shepherd. It's really fun. Um, so aromatherapy and hypnotherapy 
are so beautifully integrated in terms of tools. And I'm not sure that we look at essential oils in this way. It's essential oils have become so trendy. They're everywhere, right? They're at, they're the target dollar bin. They're at TJ Maxx. They're everywhere. Or at least those are bottles that are labeled to be essential oils, but that doesn't necessarily mean what's inside the bottle is a high quality yield from a plant, seed, flower, or tree. Um, but essential oils that are actually essential oils and are distilled from these plant matters, they are chemically, biologically very similar to our human cells. So when we inhale them, presumably through the nose, they interact with the olfactory bulb and they kind of, they tickle it, they interact with it. And it then interacts with the whole brain. So they interact with the limbic system, which is also known as the emotional brain. That's our amygdala, the hippocampus, the hypothalamus. And that's where we house our emotions, our beliefs, our associated learnings. So something like the smell of popcorn equals movie theater and movie theater equals treat. We then have this associated learning between the smell of popcorn and treats, which is fun and exciting. So, you know, typically for me, if I smell popcorn, it's like, ooh, like something fun is going to happen because my brain has been told that that's the, the outcome. But there also can be, you know, various example of, examples of that. But we're able to use essential oils to prime the mind for a mindfulness practice. So an essential oil like lavender, for example, has been proven to bring the brain from a beta brainwave state. So just there where we're where we are now um, and those who are listening to we're focused we're engaged we're listening we're active we're learning we're in beta our brains are like awake and alive and as soon as we start to tune into our breath and focus and start to meditate we slip into an alpha we start to relax a little bit and then we relax a little bit further and we're in theta and that's that sweet spot where we're able to communicate with the subconscious mind that's where we're at where we're in hypnosis and just for full context and you you relax even further and now you're in delta. Now you're sleeping, that's a separate thing. So inhaling lavender actually brings the brainwave state from beta into alpha. So it's a really neat way, especially for those who say, oh, I can't relax. Oh, I can't meditate. Oh, that's not for me, I'm a busy bee. I've got places to go and things to do. And it actually can tell the mind that we're, it's safe, we can go there. And that's a great place to then prime the mind. And then you also can use essential oils for what's called anchoring. Um, you can use them during a session or after a session. And again, it can be for hypnosis or journaling or you know, prayer or whatever your mindfulness practice is. And you can create that association, right? That learned association between the essential oil that you're choosing and an affirmation or a, a psalm or you know whatever it is or desired state. You create that association. So you now every time you smell lemon, you think of I'm going to eat broccoli at every meal and enjoy it so that they're they're indistinguishable and perhaps you have lemon water with your dinner which then subconsciously reminds you of how much you love broccoli and makes it so fun and easy and accessible to eat at dinner so it's a really neat way to interact with the brain with these two really natural tools in your tool belt being aromatherapy and hypnosis that's awesome. I love how, how you use that and, and kind of like, you know, how you obviously can't implement that when you don't work with clients um, 
you know, in person. And mm. just kind of curious me, most hypnotherapists work with people one-on-one, but with COVID, I'm sure a lot of things had to change. Yeah. And we're probably still seeing clients. So how do you kind of get around that? Or are there suggestions that you have for clients, um, you know, to kind of lock that in with the smells? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. And gosh, there, there can be so, so many responses for that. Um, but basically, you know, of course, have your own supply, I guess is my easiest answer. Um, I, I was working during the peak of COVID. I was doing these group hypnosis events and I would have to plan them out weeks in advance and have people sign up and enroll. And then I was sending out samples in little like, uh, I don't know if it's mylar packets, like you would just tear them open, kind of those aluminum packets. And I would do a couple drops in there and then have these facilitated guided hypnosis sessions. And we all would then be using the same oil at the same time and integrating this whole practice together, which was so cool. And there was so much intentionality behind it. So it definitely took a little bit of um, proactive action in order to make sure that everyone would get their mail in time. You know, there was kind of like a couple of back steps to it, but that was a really neat way to be able to access this same state across wherever we were across the world. Um, So that was kind of a neat way that I was able to help facilitate. But of course, the easiest way is to have your own supply. And I would say, you know, if that's something that you're looking into, to have some very specific questions for your the company that you're looking to invest in to make sure that the quality is there. Um, because if if you're just sniffing a Glade plug-in, you're not gonna get any benefits. There's no plant <laughs> matter in there. So May, how do you how do you normally right now in this situation where we're in? How do you normally work with clients? Do you still take one-on-ones? Like uh, personally, do you work more virtually? And aside from the fact that the aromatherapy maybe may not be if the client doesn't have their own supply, what else could be different as far as the experience? Yeah. So for right now, my focus is mainly on virtual. Um, I do have I do take some clients um, currently from my home, but that's obviously a very select um, crew of of people because well, it's my home and this is my safe place. So I want to make sure that I'm safe here at my home. Um, so moving forward, I probably will have will continue to have more of a virtual practice, but I am taking one on one clients and I actually have been mainly virtual since the beginning of my practice. So for me, that's like a totally normal thing. And that was normal pre COVID days, actually. So um, there's that. And yeah, you know, I also just want to call out that it's it's not necessary to integrate the aromatherapy with it. You know, if that's a, an issue of accessibility or just, you know, you're just not able to do that just yet or what have you, totally fine. For me, I believe that these tools enhance the process, um, but it's not necessary. My All my other colleagues from school, they do hypnosis their way and they do it without the essential oils. So it totally can be done. I mean, we have been doing hypnosis since Egypt. They had sleep temples is what they called them. And even they knew about hypnosis all those years back. So we have been doing this for centuries without necessarily integrating them so specifically with the essential oils. But if you have the option, I believe that it enhances the experience. And what you said, I mean, we're, we're hypnotizing ourselves every single day. 
just by like you talked earlier about, you know, your beliefs and your beliefs are simply thoughts you keep thinking or you go back and you think about something and there's maybe a smell that's associated with that going back home. Oh, it going back to mom's house. Oh gosh, I love being here. It, there's a smell to it and it's a smell of comfort. It's a smell of love or even a special perfume that you wore on your wedding day or on a special date or, you know, it can be a positive and a negative <laughs> that as well. So um, I think that's, um, it, it's very important. And, and even like you were saying, even working with people at home sometimes, you know, well, what's your favorite perfume? Why don't you put that on? And that could be the start of your day when, and kind of doing your own hypnosis as you start your day. So, um, uh, I love how you're able to incorporate that. So kind of walk us through, like, what what, what does it look like for someone that, let's say, wants to contact you and they're like, you, I love what she's, you know, what she's um, talking about. I'm, I have this phobia. I want to work with her virtually. Mm -hmm. Kind of walk us through what would that look like? What could they kind of expect? You know, would they, you want them to be in a specific room, lying down, sitting up? Mm -hmm. Give us a little bit of, you know, a little bit about that. Yes. Also, you guys have such great questions. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say if, if someone reaches out and they're like, I'm, I am ready to rewrite my story. I'm ready to let go of this limiting belief. Um, I would say, cool, we would ha have a conversation. So I'm open to discovery calls, you know, have a one-on-one -on -one 30 minutes for free and just kind of like chat it out. Let me, let me hear it out um, and then see how we can work together. And then, you know, I, I tend to work in packages and there's a lot of intentionality behind that. You know, lightly said, you know, when we are talking about getting that six pack, I don't know why I keep bringing that up as an example. I think it's a terrible example and who cares about <laughs> six packs. But, you know, when we think about like going to the gym and I'm gonna get my summer body, whatever that means, who cares about that either. But we know we don't go to the gym just one time in order to get those results. So there's something to be said about the practice of hypnosis. You know, no one meditates once and they say, okay, I did it. I, I'm, you know, I did it. <laughs> I'm, I'm aware and awake now. You know, it is a practice. And as just an aside, you know, the reason why it's a practice is because, you know, the neurons that, that wire together, fire together, and that fire together, wire together. So if we think of, um, you know, a belief like I'm not good at mingling and as a, as a belief, that is a pathway in the brain and the neurons know that pathway, it's, it's deep, it's got a groove in it, it's been doing it for years. And so when we plant that new belief of, you know, I mingle with grace and ease, whatever that is, that's a new path. And so anytime you create a new path, it's, it's not as deep as the one that's been traveled for years, right? So it takes time. We gotta remember to keep walking that path, keep going, keep engraving that path deeper and deeper until so much so that that old path, it clears up with brush and there's leaves that fill it in and we don't even see it anymore. It's gone. We just see that new path and that's it. So that old story becomes an old story and it's all the way over there. In fact, I don't even remember where it was or what it was anymore. Now we just have the new path before us and it's very, very clear. So it's I feel like, like I'm an old familiar it's kind of like, oh, this is a familiar path. So you keep going down it. And then you're like, so, well, this is unfamiliar, but the unfamiliar now becomes the familiar. 
Exactly. Yeah. Anytime you do anything new, it's a little unfamiliar, right? So mm -hmm. even bringing in a new belief, it's going to be a little unfamiliar at first. And, you know, especially if it's a deeply ingrained belief, old belief that one you want to get rid of, it's, it's easy to go, it can be easy to go back into that default. But if you are switching your default to the new belief, it's just going to take a little bit of practice. So really it's being uncomfortable so it's like your comfort zone and now this is new and it's uncomfortable i don't know where it's going to lead to but we're just by nature like to be comfortable <laughs> so that's where yeah well that's the beauty of hypnosis then because you tap into uh, a, a different part of the brain where it's just like okay this part's asleep let's get in there and do some work and let's start putting in those um new beliefs and those new subconscious um patterns kind of, almost like you're rewiring the brain exactly yes yeah it's you're under construction you know and it takes a while to to pave a new highway if you've ever li lived somewhere where they like put a another lane on the main highway around where you live like wouldn't it take years i'm not saying <laughs> years but it takes time to build yeah. that new pathway because there's a lot, you gotta you know, pull the roots out first and then you put the gravel down and then the asphalt and then you steamroll it, right? There's a process to it. So I share all of that to say that this is a practice and we really benefit from practicing hypnosis. The more that you practice, the deeper it goes and the longer the results last. So I tend to work in packages. That was my very long winded way of explaining how it is that I work. Um, but yeah, so basically if someone were to hop on a phone with me for a session, I would invite them to have their headphones in because I want to really make sure that uh, that I can hear them. And then also when you relax, your voice tends to get quiet. You get really relaxed and that could be hard to hear. Um, so it's nice for me to have the headphones because I actually ask you questions during a session. So unlike meditation where it's quiet and you know, you're just there with your thoughts in hypnosis, I'm asking you questions and I'm asking you to bring me into your experience because if I ask you to you know, go to a safe place, for example, your safe place could be the galaxy because you really like space and stars and you really nerd out on that versus someone, their safe space is the beach. So what if I assume that everyone is the beach, but someone's up in the galaxy, it's gonna like, it's gonna disorient them and take them out of their session. I wanna know exactly what you're experiencing because I'm gonna take that and run with it because the truth is you're in control, you're the boss, I'm just the guide, I'm following your lead. So. Yeah, it's helpful to have the headphones and then you can either sit or lie down, whichever is the most comfortable. If you think that perhaps you have a risk of getting so comfortably relaxed that you fall asleep, then it might be best to sit up and have your feet planted on the floor. But basically, you just want to be comfortable, relax and feel as safe as possible and plug in with those headphones and just be open and receptive. May. That leads to a question that I was actually thinking and researching, and it's actually in the paper as well. Are there any risks associated with hypnotherapy? Is there anything that someone may experience that maybe they wouldn't like or really mm. health risk, emotional risks, spiritual risks, anything at all to be, to be aware of? Oh, such a good question. Thank you for asking that. And again, I know so many people are concerned that the hypnotist is the one who's in control. They're going to take over my mind. It's going to be a truth serum. I'm going to share things I've never told anyone in the world about. And there's this whole concern about like, all of a sudden you're spilling the beans. And it's so important for me to highlight that your willpower stays intact. 
So if you and I were to sit down and have a cup of coffee and you're not gonna share with me your childhood traumas over that cup of coffee, you're not gonna share them in a hypnosis session either because you don't want to. Your willpower is saying, no, thank you. This is not an area that I'm willing to address at this time. And so we don't. And it's, it's as simple as that. So, you know, the risks are, you know, perhaps you relax so much you fall asleep. <laughs> if that's even a risk. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Um, the risk is perhaps you enjoy it so much you become a hypnotherapist. <laughs> it, it's, it's a beautiful practice because there really aren't risks in that way. Um, yeah, and you really are the one that is in in the driver's seat. So you you are the one who's fully in control of the session. And I think that's probably the most important thing for anyone who's thinking about doing a a session, right? I they, I don't want to lose control. I I want totally. to and that's probably one of the things that you hear over and over and over again, right? Like, am I? And, and we've all <laughs> all seen these hypnotherapy sessions where people are like like, I don't know, making animal sounds and they're acting weird and they're dancing like crazy and they're yes. taking their clothes off and you're like, I don't wanna, like, I don't want that embarrassment for myself, right? Yes. But the, the truth of the matter is that, like you said, you remain in control and you mm. won't be able to, to bypass that willpower. Right. No matter what. So if you wouldn't do it, like you said, if you wouldn't do it at any other moment in your life, you're not gonna do it simply because you are under hypnosis. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I do want to call out because you're right. Many, many people hear hypnosis and they think of the stage hypnotists, right? And they think of someone dancing around and clucking like a chicken and all these ridiculous things. <laughs> and it, it is important to call out that everyone bought tickets and is attending that event because they want to be entertained. They are fully participating because they want to. And you know, the hypnotherapist or the hypnotist that is, is running that session is, is watching from the moment everyone walks in. And again, this is not somewhere that I have experience practicing, but they're, they're watching and, you know, they typically will ask questions like, all right, well, who's happy to be out tonight? Yeah. All right. Whose first time is it in Las Vegas? Blah. You know, whatever it is, you know, asking these yes and questions to see who's participating already, a willing participant. And then at a certain point, they're like, okay, who wants to come up on stage? And that hypnotist is looking for the people who want to come up on stage who have already opted into the other questions, because those are the folks who are clearly opting in. They're bought in 100% to the event. And those are the ones that they bring on stage. Um, and then you'll notice throughout the performance that people are um, like requested to leave the stage at certain times. And those are the ones who maybe are not as deep as the other people are. And so by the end of the evening, the last person who's remaining is like really in a very deep theta state. And typically that person is what you call is somnambulistic, somnambulism. Um, someone who go, can go very deeply into this theta brainwave state. But it, it bears calling out that everyone who is there is participating willingly because they want to and they've bought tickets to do it and they know exactly what they're signing up for. But that type of that type of event or hypnosis is not at all what happens in hypnotherapy. I just want to be very clear about that. <laughs> May, so really, go ahead. Go ahead. 
I was going to say I have, and because, you know, we're in the medical field and I feel like a lot of people in the medical field, maybe lawyers and some other professions, we think in a, in a very critical manner. Yes. And so there is a thing that if you are very, uh, like such a critical thinker that you also have some difficulty being able to be hypnotized, mm -hmm. correct? There, there are many people who hold the belief that if they are analytical that or critical, that they cannot be hypnotized. And if they hold that belief, then per their uh, reticular activating system, they will allow themselves to be right. Mm -hmm. But the truth is anyone can be hypnotized if they want to be. That is the, that is the sole requirement. Um, but someone who is analytical or critical is actually a wonderful um, a recipient of hypnotherapy because they are so great at that focused awareness that it's just a matter of utilizing that skill that they typically have and bringing it into this world of this guided meditation, this focused awareness. It's utilizing what you bring to the table as a part of the session. So it's, it's really then a matter of the hypnotherapist knowing that about you or picking up on that and utilizing it as a superpower. Got it. That's awesome. So really, the way I think we should look at working with you is like to be willing as one of uh, someone had a comment, be willing to take a risk to unleash the best version of you. That's what I would think as, you know, working with you, that would be the goal. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to take a risk that she, you know, unveil like the best version of me by removing whatever limiting, you know, beliefs I have in my subconscious mind and get out of that story that I'm looping. So that's yeah. what that it is and I'm like sign me up <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure and you know is that a risk is it a risk to be the best version of yourself oh right. yeah, well it's a risk not playing it's a risk not playing all out and it's a risk playing all out either way but you look at well I'm going to benefit more from taking a risk playing all out in life because you're going to be judged regardless of how you play <laughs> and does it really matter no the only person it should matter is to you as an individual human being knowing that you're doing the best and you're ch you're consistently chasing that best version of you mm. so. yeah may how can people find you how can people work with you Thank you for that question. I invite you all to connect with me. I am pretty active on Instagram. So at maydv.cht is my handle on Instagram. My website is maydv.com. Um, I have a podcast as well that's called Stories from the Subconscious, and it's on Apple and Spotify and all of those good places where I interview other hypnotherapists and hear their stories of why they tried hypnosis for the first time and what, what it changed for them and what it has made possible for them in their lives. And um, I also am launching a community-based, heart-centric uh, community program that is called Be the Change, and that can be found on IamTheChange.today uh, is the website, IamTheChange.today, and that is a really exciting launch for me. We are uh, collecting emails for our waitlist at this current time, 
And it is a community that combines human design. I don't know if you're familiar with human design, but it is totally mind blowing um, in terms of really figuring out how it is that you're designed to live and to thrive and to be your best version of yourself, to your point. And uh, coaching and hypnosis, aromatherapy, uh, EFT, tapping, combining all these tools to really step into your true authentic self and out out of these imposter syndromes that we tend to step into to please other people and you know live out other people's stories and why not when we can you know take the risk of being the best version of ourselves so i'm really excited to launch that um, and we would invite you all to join us there and so there's a whole bunch of ways to connect with me and um this has been such a beautiful conversation i appreciate you all so much thank you we appreciate you too and for anyone who book, who wants to book that 30 minute consultation with you to see if they are a good match, do they look for you on Instagram or your website for yeah, that? Yeah, thank you for that. Go ahead and go to maydv.com and reach out via contact me and then um, I'll send you a link so that we can set up our calendars in alignment. Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much, May. It's been an amazing conversation. And as always, we end our podcast on a positive note. Mm. So we, do you guys want to do a quote? Do you Ooh. have a quote in mind that, that comes to mind that it's perfect for the episode today? Um, you know, here's what comes to mind. You know, what came, what came to heart, I'll say, was I was feeling so grateful to have been invited onto this podcast to be surrounded by women who are open and willing to have conversations that may be outside of the norm. Um, but what if they were the new norm? And what if we started to change the narrative? So I felt really grateful and inspired by the both of you to be here. And so the quote that comes to mind, if I'm thinking of that, is uh, the Rumi quote, you know, we're all just walking each other home. And, and I appreciate you guys for taking my hands today and allowing me to, to be a part of your network and community and vice versa. And know that this is exactly, I think what we're all designed to be doing is interacting and communing in this way. So I feel like we're holding hands and skipping and I'm gonna lead into that where I have these cards by um, Cheryl Richardson. And so this is perfect. So here I am with you all holding our hands. We're skipping, chase your dreams. You may be surprised by where they lead you. <laughs> so. Wow. And Fernando? <laughs> the one that came to mind as we were having the conversation is the body hears everything the mind is saying. So yeah. all of those stories that we hold in our minds eventually manifest themselves into our physical reality, whether it's in our bodies or in our external world, how we live our lives. So that's it. I'm snapping. <laughs> my, poet, my poetry snaps. Absolutely. Uh, awesome. And I think with that, it's been such an amazing time. I've had fun. I've learned a lot. I am excited. I cannot wait to contact you. I am on always on the path of creating the best version of myself. That is my purpose. And really showing up as, as better as I did yesterday and the day before and so on and so forth. So I'm looking forward to connecting with you. I want to thank you so much for giving your time to our audience and for being such an amazing guest. Oh, thank you, ladies. You're wonderful. Thank you, me. All right. We'll see everyone. See ya. See ya.